all right, I just turned it off and restarted. Cool. All right, it's fucking started. Okay, so we're, we're recording now? Everything's good? I think. Okay. Wait. Recording started. It says recorded. It says it's recording. Okay, good. Wait. God damn it. Uh, okay, technical difficulties. Okay. All right. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, this is Astronauts Anonymous. This is our very first podcast. Uh, we are hoping to make this a lot bigger of a thing. Uh, forewarning on this, we are kind of just an overall podcast about anything geeky out there, comic books, video games, anything that interests us at the moment. Uh, since this last weekend was E3, I can already tell you this is going to be a very game-heavy episode. So bear with us with that. And introductions. I am Joe. And I'm Ryan. Viet here. And I'm Alex. Excellent. So welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, so let's just get right into it and everything. Ryan, would you like to start? Say what, what you've been up to this week and everything, or this month. Sure. Uh, well, I watched the E3 thing. I watched, like, all of the Nintendo part. That yeah, was, dude, it was awesome. Uh, no, I totally agreed. The uh, which consisted of Legend of Zelda. Well, there was the Legend of Zelda <laughs> thing, and then there was also the Pokemon thing. Oh yeah, which I didn't see the Pokemon. Thing. I was really hoping they were going to include more uh, regions in, but it looks like it's just going to be like the Pokemon Hawaii this time. Pretty much, yeah. Sun and Moon. I'll it, still buy it, but. Yeah. <laughs> I want one of the Pokemon games to come out and have multiple regions. They did that once in, like, Gold and Silver, and it was great. Everybody loved it, and they won't do it ever again because they hate their fans. <laughs> so what? what is the new Pokemon thing? I, did, I actually did not see the, the <clears throat> Nintendo one all the way through. Um, it's Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yep. Uh, which I believe you like to abbreviate. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon S and M. Okay, so it's just more <laughs> gameplay of that and everything. Yeah. Wait, well, okay, it, it should also too. it should also be noted that Pokemon S and M, the entire soundtrack's also going to be done by Metallica in the San Francisco Symphony <laughs> Orchestra. I, okay, despite everything with Metallica, what they are nowadays, that album was fucking amazing. And can you imagine a Pokemon game like played <laughs> to that album? <laughs> well, come on, if you're going to do Pokemon, it has to be Slayer. If anything, if you're going to do anything. Oh no no no! It should be Kill 'Em All. Okay. <laughs> Start off instead of selecting a Pokemon. Your safe word is <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I guess that's as good as any. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Zelda, dude. Oh, that oh, good. They had like yeah, two hours of just them playing the game, and I want that game now, like. It looks like they're doing a lot more stuff than I think I've ever seen in a Zelda game, because most Zelda games are pretty much the same a lot. Yeah, I mean, they're doing a lot of different Zelda things, but they're not different game things. A lot of the, like, mechanics are still the same. from different games. Yeah. Like, they have the climbing the walls thing, which you see in, like, um, uh, Uncharted 4. Mm-hmm. It didn't and seem like it was Assassin's like Assassin's Creed. It seemed like it, when I, I, I did watch that part because that interested me a little bit because it looked like he was just kind of like climbing straight up, 
it didn't look like there were it dealt with any handhold things. So I think it might just be like a mechanic, like only in specific specific spots, like you can kind of, kind of wall climb. It that's what that, that's the impression I got. Is that it's yeah. going to be in certain areas? Well, that that's been a common Zelda staple to keep the world limited is to have certain things. Yeah, like they have the gliding. Like I'm pretty sure you can you can probably whip that out just about anywhere. But I'm sure there are only a few locations where that's like accessible and you know actually gets you over like long distances. Yeah, and. <clears throat> Uh, they did mention, like, the stamina meter, and I think they're going to use that a lot to keep you boxed in certain places, because although they're trying to go open world with this, they're saying you can go anywhere, do anything. I won't believe that it's truly uh, go anywhere, do anything, unless you can go straight to Ganon and get your ass whooped. <laughs> well, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Wind Waker was fairly open world, where you could go to just about any location. Now, what you could do at those locations was limited, because, you know, you'd show up, and I tried to, like, explore the map. I went buck wild on Wind Waker, and... Uh, Actually, like like a couple years ago, and but you would get to locations, and it's like certain ledges would just be out of reach because I didn't have you know like boots or I didn't have you know like special items or full upgrades. So yeah, that's what I'm expecting because well, that's, that's that doesn't limit very many Zelda games that I've seen. Like to be honest, I haven't really played all the way through a Zelda game since Ocarina of Time. I haven't. I just have, I played a little bit of Twilight Princess and I played a little bit of uh, Skyward Sword, but all of them they all had an open world arena but you really couldn't go there unless you got the item so that's what i'm thinking might be the same thing with this i i think they might limit it by like regions because they 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 showed the map and you were like in this one location but maybe you can't get to the next sort of big location until you have that item but they said it's truly open world so i'm actually hoping that you can go anywhere but you can't get to like the level 10 dungeon Maybe, until you have, like, the hammer, which will defeat the boss in that dungeon. I also hope they go away from that trope, too, like, a little bit. Do, do something different. Like, yeah. Uh, By the way, know, I'm the master key. By yeah. the way, has, has anybody realized that, like, Zelda and her dad are just terrible rulers? <laughs> <laughs> like, how many times has their government fallen into complete collapse and it's like their whole military defense budget is based around a child in a green suit. Pretty much. <laughs> that is true. Although you do have to give them the fact that like there's like hundreds of years between each one. Like that's not the same people. So it's but it's the same cycle. It's Their yeah, lineage like, sucks. Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, you play like you play uh like um Ocarina of Time like on the you know, on the sixty four and whatnot. And the king of Hyrule's like, yeah, we got this Gerudo, and he's like this young, ambitious warrior and military commander and a sorcerer. He has absolutely no loyalty to me or my daughter whatsoever, and he actually gains nothing. And I've by literally him. never heard this legend before. Yeah, and then he's like, man, I wonder what this like again, this strapping ruler of the Gerudo people is gonna do. Like, oh, he betrayed me. Who saw that coming? <laughs> <laughs> that actually brings up a good point because like his daughter knows the entire legend. She always explains half the legend to Link. How the fuck does her father go like, wait, this happens be- this happened before, right? We have stories about this exact guy coming up and doing this. Yeah. Exact the thing. thing that wasn't like uh, completely oblivious was the one in Wind Waker. And at that, he was a boat. <laughs> yeah, no, and that was after he learned the hard way because he let his entire like administration crumble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and literally sink into the ocean. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, you shouldn't vote for him again in the next election, but <laughs> If you had to choose between him and Ganon, you know, it's... Ganon's a team player. He's got every... He's employing people, you know? 
like he has like a simple hierarchy system like actually like every and the plans are pretty peaceful until you as a militant gorilla like show up and start murdering people yeah. <laughs> just the world's a little darker that's all it is like people don't get as much of a tan yeah but i mean also like i mean you just like Link just kills those like the pig soldiers with like reckless abandon. <laughs> They're basically orcs. Yeah, They're I mean enslaved, and they but you're just causing genocide across them. Yeah, like I you know that like with Ganon, there's like a there's it has to be like a good health plan. Like I bet those guys get paid. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> sure, there's potential death, but uh, I get dental, so yeah, exactly. I get full <laughs> medical benefits, dude. I mean, watch out for board. this little kid in a green tunic. <laughs> really, I think I think in Wind Waker, the only person who kills anybody is Link. That's yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, we've like... uncovered the horrible secret <laughs> that Nintendo never wanted us to know. <sighs> Link's a murderer. Oh, there, there's this. Uh, I think somebody on Reddit posted this thing where it's like the Nintendo Zelda, and then like it, it's like here, take this weapon, use violence to solve every problem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, it's the same with Mario. Yeah, it's like and actually and if you think about it like Zelda's like got some Game of Thrones shit going on because she's like, yeah, I'm just going to give this mute a bunch of magic weapons and he'll fix this. Here, fix it with fire. Take this fire. Yeah. He's just a tool. That's all he is. He's just a tool being used by the royalty to stay in power. Link Link is literally Sir Ilan Payne for the Zelda universe. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up. Oh my god! This completely opposite thing of Undertale. Like it, it. Has anybody else played? I played a little bit of Undertale. I know I need to go through and beat it, but yeah, yeah, man, I felt I felt so bad like beating that poor lady to death. Yeah, but you need to go farther into the game. So (laughs) the first time I played it, I beat her to death. (laughs) Yeah, man, I felt super bad about that. I felt bad about that playing that game because, like, whatever I did. And I know it says this in the in the beginning, like it's the only game where you never have to kill anybody. But it, I think it would be a much better game if you would go in not knowing that and you found that out. Like it just well, kind of took away from it. I think. I think the the environment of it and like some of the uh, rules that they have in place, and even the fact that to the very left of the the menu, there's the fight button. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just, it follows that typical RPG Yeah, trope. it's trying to encourage you, like, this is what you normally do, go ahead and do that. Just go ahead and fight. So, why would you go for the tiny little tagline, as opposed to just doing what you normally do Well, that's the game? point, that's the point, though. Like, it's, it, we're getting completely off of our original topic, but still. Um, <laughs> like, in my opinion, I think it would be really great to go through the game thinking, like, oh, I'm supposed to, it does this kind of, like, weird spec ops the line kind of thing, where... Oh, why did you kill all these people? Nobody forced you to do this. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I always do. Why is that what you always do? Like, I, I think that would have been neat if it wasn't spoiled for everybody that you could have gone this pacifistic route. If you could just discover that in the game, go, oh shit, I'm a monster. <laughs> there is a lot to like. There's a lot more plus that. Like, that's a tiny piece of the game, and it has a lot of replayability. Yeah, well, and also it remembers your, like, what you do in, in previous saves. Oh, shit. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. so, also like, you can go through on, like, a murder spree, and it, it will remember that when you go in to do, like, an old pacifistic one. Like, and it, it will talk to you, like, in-game about that kind of shit. Even if you reset after killing somebody because you couldn't figure out how not to, 
you'll come back and uh, like one of the characters or outside will be like, uh, "Oh, trying to save that person, are you?" The game remembers and Damn. then taunts you. All right, all right. Well, I got I gotta go back through and keep yep. playing this. <clears throat> Yeah, and it's, it's one of those, like, real gems that you're starting to see nowadays where, like, you have... I'm pretty sure, like, Undertale was made by, like, a really small studio. It was um, made by one dude. Exact, yeah. Exactly. Like, that and I think Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Um, yeah, where you have these really small indie-style games, and it is complete and total fan service to, like, these, like, niches that big games are too scared to, like, tackle. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to play Stardew Valley. Star- Stardew Valley is fucking dope. Like, if you like any of the Harvest Moon-style games, you know, where it's about relationships and farming, and even you have, like, adventures and stuff, it's all there. And what's crazy is, like, the subreddit has, like, a really active community, and somebody will be like, oh, hey, this thing glitches right here, and the guy who made the game who's on the subreddit is like, all right, I fixed it, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it, takes, it takes, like, fucking EA, if there's ever, or Bethesda, if there's ever a bug found, Takes them months if they'll ever will patch it with a crew of thousands of people. Yeah, and then meanwhile, in, like Stardew Valley, somebody's like, "Dude, the fences decay. Can you like have it so it doesn't do that?" And then like he'll get up and be like, "Nah, that's that. You, that's something you have to deal with because that's like in the spirit of the game, the way I made it, and I know because I made it." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. secretly though that's like a glitch he couldn't figure out how to fucking fix so like no yeah. no this is a feature in the game oh yeah, what's, this what's is supposed to happen what's hilarious is that people like turn around and they're like all right fine try and have this decay bitch and they make fences out of like flowers and shit like that so that way they won't wither and die <laughs> <laughs> you gotta work around the game yeah um, but what's crazy is, like, uh, Stardew Valley was, like, the number one top-selling game on Steam for a while, and so that just goes straight to one dude. Yeah. yeah. Wow, oh, man. Exactly. Is that, that that's Minecraft pretty... was, though? I, I don't know. Wasn't there a team behind Notch? Yeah, but he sold it to Microsoft for $2 billion, so they're probably Yeah, dead. nobody feels bad or <sighs> anything for Notch at he, all. Yeah, if I were him, I'd be like, all right, I just sold to Microsoft for $2 billion. You're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. <laughs> well, he basically told, like, half the gaming industry to fuck off and leave him alone, too. Which, I mean, $2 billion, that's fuck up, fuck you money, so I do not blame him whatsoever, but... If yeah, I had $2 million, I would be less of a human being <laughs> towards other people as well. Like, here, here's the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you, like, like, you hear all these, like, <laughs> stories about... You hear all these stories about people who, like win the lottery and like go back to their job and stuff like that. And you, know, you, you tell yourself, you tell yourself, you're like, oh yeah, well, you know, I wouldn't let that money get the best of me. But you know, the moment that shows up in your bank account, you're like, oh, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to work butt naked. <laughs> That's that would be my final day. Pretty much. <laughs> it, actually, yeah, because you're so volatile at that point. Like you go into like a synergy meeting or something like that, and you just spend the whole time laughing, like playing the new Pokemon game that hasn't even come out yet on your 3DS. Like, oh, you just, what, this, this is something you have. I I, will, I know. I've thought about this. If I ever did win the lottery, I have this whole plan. I'm gonna just disappear for like a week, maybe two weeks, and go on the ultimate vacation. You know, do like nothing has fucking happened wearing the nicest suit you have ever fucking seen worked for maybe like 10 minutes and everybody asked me like where the fuck have you been and also why the hell are you dressed like that it's like nothing i'm just i've been on vacation oh by the way fuck it i'm out and just throw a bunch of fucking money in the air and just leave (laughs) actually what you got to worry about though for that is uh there are people like i think in illinois who um like they win the lottery but because of like budgetary problems in that state might not get the money ever Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, I heard about that. 
there were like several winners and basically El- the Illinois lottery board is like, we can't afford to pay you. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause what happens is like, and it was cause like the, when the lottery was first touted, they're like, Oh man, this is going to pay for all like the school problems. It's going to pay roads. And it's just, it's like social security where everybody can just drink from that. Well, so they just do. Um, yeah. And then when people win the lottery, they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to go over, Ryan? Because uh, we completely went off topic. <laughs> no, it's fine. Those were topics I wanted to cover. I like Undertale, and, and now I'm going to try this Stardew Valley thing. And, um, and Ryan really wanted to talk about, like, lotteries. You know, and yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. He was talking to me before the so, podcast. He's like, we, we, Alex, you got to put lotteries on the table. I do want to talk a little bit more about Legend of Zelda then, so because... You, yeah. I did find because normally one of the things that really interested me was a we saw Link in full armor like a knight's armor in one scene. Yes, yeah. yes, we did. I didn't like see that. that was interesting because I I don't he's always in tunics exactly. And I was always under the impression that tunics protected you better than armor. <laughs> <laughs> he has chainmail under it, but no, it's it they're doing little things like that, like that, and then the cooking thing which builds your stamina. Uh-huh. And apparently what I read, like, if you end up cooking, like, a perfect meal, it will double your stamina for a while. And you can do different things like that. Like, these are a lot of interesting mechanics. And Link, like, I saw some guy watching a video of a guy playing it, and he dies. And Link ragdolls. It's not just that regular canned animation of Link, like, doing the, ah, and falling over kind of thing. Ah! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Can can there be a villain that like circles around Link that's like really tiny and like Z targets onto him and tries to cut his armor off, so that way he can try to ultimately like stab Link in the eye. <laughs> so like Link is being hunted by an even smaller Link. Oh God! <laughs> really? Yeah, he's just he's just throwing the boomerang at him and like fucking like just straight left back and right. Now he's back for revenge. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> I actually this one, bitch. You didn't listen. I would I would actually love it if like Link came from like a whole village of mute like pot destroying tumblers. <laughs> like like his mom is trying to say goodbye and she's like, Yeah <laughs> Apparently there's some voice acting in this one too. For for Link? Not not for Link. Not oh, from yeah. what I understand, but there's also but actually going back to that there's a dialogue tree for him. Like you could answer questions. Are they going to bring back the battleship guy from Wind Waker? They should. You know, the guy who's like, kaboom! Sploosh! Like... that was was weird. You know, what I found intriguing about the new Zelda game is the fact that they're integrating technology and you have an iPad to start off with, but then as you go into some of the shrines, you get get, um, an iPhone. And you can get apps (laughs) for it depending on which shrine you visit. Like, you can lift up stones with one, you can throw, like, virtual bombs with another, and they're... <laughs> it's weird. Hyrule became more they, advanced. <laughs> they call it a Sheikah stone and then a Sheikah, like, tablet or something like that. Yeah. It's clearly... An iPhone. A, a Hyrulean yeah. iPhone. And a Hyrulean tablet. <laughs> but it, that makes me wonder, is this, like, a post-apocalyptic, like... Hyrule. Does this whole Adventure Time kind of thing where it all takes place in the distant future? Yeah, I mean, they've already kind of... Oh, sorry. No, sorry. He sees, like, a thousand Hyruleans, like, in line to get the new one that's coming out on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) He's in the middle of the fucking dungeon, like, reception here sucks, and you just see him, like, lifted up in the air. (laughs) And, oh, no, no, he's, like, he's in the middle of a thing, and it's, like, you know, you hear, like, hey, listen! And then it's, like, oh, uh, Princess Zelda swiped right. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) 
you found a match. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta get this. Yeah. <laughs> Location, Ganondorf's cast. God damn it. <laughs> um, oh my god, can you imagine, like, Donald Trump Ganondorf? <laughs> you see, yeah. we're gonna make them pay for the wall. Yeah. I rule better. The, these Hyruleans, they're not sending their best, alright? They're sending their criminals, their murderers, their pot breakers. And some, I assume, are good people. <laughs> these Hyruleans just love pot. <laughs> it's like a pot epi epidemic. <laughs> you know, I, I did see, I don't know who all here has played Wind Waker, or knows the official Zelda timeline, like I do because I'm a nerd. Uh, but... It looked like they had one of the Kokiri from uh, really? Wind Waker hmm. when when he jumped into the to the river, and he was like a hidden dude. But uh, it makes me think that this is after Wind Waker, and maybe even more of a post-apocalyptic thing. That whole timeline is fucked, so fucked up. Though yeah. See, it makes sense if you look at it at a squinted sort of angle, or if somebody <laughs> holds it far away. Yeah. And you have the Philosopher's Stone to look through. <laughs> yeah. it, uh, like, Zelda makes sense in the same way that the X-Men franchise makes sense, if you don't think about it. <laughs> These timelines are so confusing! Yeah. Wait a minute, which professor? McAvoy or Stewart? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, even uh, even actually within, like, their own sequels, they don't make sense. I was talking to Ryan about this. And, like, at the end of X-Men uh, Days of Future Past, Mystique saves Wolverine from uh, Stryker, so that way he doesn't have to be put in the terrible experiment. But in X-Men Apocalypse, you find out that Stryker got a hold of him anyway. To which I'm sure Snyder said, fuck it, they're going to go see it anyway. <laughs> I, think whole, I think that's how the whole franchise has been. The Fox is just, fuck it, we don't care anymore at this point. Yeah. Um, All right, well, moving on anyway. Um, Via, will let you go next. What have you been up to this last oh, week? Oh, man, just uh, besides E3, um, definitely, uh, I mean, Activision is uh, revamping their Ghostbusters video game. Um, they're <laughs> really? Still, yeah. Um, there's been gameplay. And, I mean, it's still very much based off the Sanctum of Slime, which was the follow-up oh, to the Ghostbusters the, video game. Oh, it's the dual stick shooter again? Yeah. Which... I love dual stick shooters, I do, but I would love to get, like, that that one that, Ghostbusters game that they did yeah. was amazing. Seven I years ago. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy Ghostbuster fact. Seven years ago it came out. Twenty-seven years ago, Ghostbusters Two was released. <laughs> so if anybody hasn't picked up yet, yes, I am a Yeah, he's our resident Ghostbuster nerd. Yeah, resident Ghostbuster nerd. Don't get me started on the equipment of the new movie because I will <laughs> Hey, I thought it looked awesome oh. and totally scientifically possible. And Ryan's just trying to rile Viet up. <laughs> yeah. and, and also, Viet, I just want to stop and add that you sound like Kevin Smith's bastard son right now. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. That is a compliment. God, are you trying to get me in bed because it's working, sir? <laughs> He's only two degrees from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's... Uh, Definitely, they've redone some of the mechanics with the with the proton streams that I really liked. Um, definitely, you know, it's just it's uh, you know since I didn't actually get to play it myself, I'm just watching other people play it. I'm just like you lucky fucking bastard. <laughs> Does, now, do, do you die if you cross the streams or? Um, you take health damage. Which is what they did sense. in the. In it's the what they did in the in the in the. In the one that they released for the PS3. And I'm just going to call it Ghostbusters 3 because it is Pretty much. That, that that was the Ghostbusters 3 movie that everybody was waiting for, but since it was all CJ, I was kind of like, what the hell? And they <laughs> added a fifth Ghostbuster that... Yeah, the rookie. That did... Uh, okay, that... Go, actually, go, touch going into that. Yeah. 
why I still do not understand the decision to make you a fifth Ghostbuster. That would have been an amazing multiplayer game. Just you and a couple friends. You could, uh, Couch Co-op would be better, but you know if you couldn't do that, why couldn't you play as the Ghostbusters, them, the four main Ghostbusters, and do it a co-op game? Yeah. Well, they need, they presumably they needed an audience surrogate, like somebody that, if new to the franchise, could have things For explained. Ghostbusters? To them. No, well, I feel like I feel like if I were doing Ghostbusters, like you would do the story mode, you could be a fifth Ghostbuster. But for the multiplayer, yeah. like with oh, even going back in Goldeneye, you have all the main characters that you can play. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Which in the multiplayer, when uh, when everybody still had the servers up, you you could play as your Ghostbuster. You could pick your own look, but at the same time, you weren't able to play as like you know Zedmore or you know Egon or Stance or Bankman. So, is yeah. this the four Ghostbusters from that, or is it the, the four new Ghostbusters in the new game? In the new game, it's uh, or completely. It's completely different. I mean, it doesn't draw from any of the comic book canon, which I thought would have been interesting, since the new movie seems to steal some of the technology from. <laughs> hey, again, the technology looks totally plausible. Uh, no, no, you do not have a nuclear accelerator on your back and not have radioactive shielding. I'm oh, sorry. It's uh, a no, fire an un- mesh. An unlicensed nuclear accelerator. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, which that that actually opens up a great line of conversation. Why are the Ghostbusters not in Guantanamo Bay? That's a good point. This is pre nine eleven. All right. No, but this is during the Cold War. This was like this is in the Reagan administration. I want to say exactly. when the first. They have they have nuclear accelerators in the eighties. Their biggest enemy was the fucking EPA. <laughs> oh my god! Which it's it's so funny because it's like he was right. You know. I know. Pet. He was a dick, but. He was right. He was, he was correct. They did blow shit up. Yeah, and set things on fire. Yeah. And had an un, unlicensed nuclear salary. <laughs> I mean, look at all the damage they did to the Sedgwick Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> and then they charged the Sedgwick Hotel $5,000 for entrapment and proton charging. Yeah, which, I mean... That was a deal. No, that's embezzlement. <laughs> By the way, what do, you, what do you think their power bill was like? Oh, God. Like what? Like you know what I mean? What what if they had like a brownout? Oh man, that power grid would have went out. I Didn't mean, they do that in one of the comics? In one of the comics, yeah, they did have a brownout, and uh, basically some ghosts got out, and they, you know, they did their thing. They went out and caught them. Of course. Um, also, like it's like um, it's like, hey guys, congratulations! You've proven the existence of an afterlife. Thank you for imprisoning my grandmother. <laughs> A... She was just hanging around the house. You no, guys she, she, she was hanging out at a library, and the first thing you said was, get her. <laughs> she didn't want to kill people. She wanted to read a fucking book. Which is what she was doing. And being Peacefully. incorporeal, that must have been fun to try to do. It's like, hey, can one of you help me with this? That, get her! That poor librarian probably scrimped and saved ectoplasm for like 40 years to try and be able to read that book. Make her corporeal enough to actually hold a physical object. Yeah, you probably took her like a bunch of concentration. She's like, all right, I got it. I got How it. many ghost credits that is? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the economy can't be good in the ghost world, especially when yeah, you have yeah. every other living person to contend with. Exactly. <laughs> Which is why I find it, you know, interesting that the Chinese still burn paper money at, at New Year's and things like that. So I'm just guessing all the Chinese ghosts 
have all this like mad cash and they're just throwing it in all the other ghosts' faces. <laughs> That's where all the ghost economy comes from. People burning their cash. Yeah. Oh my God. No. Imagine how annoying it must be if you're hanging out and like a pharaoh shows up. Oh, it's Ramses again. Oh, God damn it, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. We planned for this shit. You guys didn't. Don't hate on me. <laughs> Hey, uh, Ramses, I know I owe you, like, uh, 1,500 ghost credits, man. Could, could you give me an extension? Ramsey gives no extension. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it must be really awful, too, because it's not like... You can't hide as a ghost, you know what no. I mean? Like, you can't... Like, you just have all of time. Pretty much. <laughs> and you can't really have a house to yourself, either. Your soul is your house, Ryan. Also, like, and, and I'm going to blame Ghostbusters, like, even the original Ghostbusters. Who thinks it's, like, who does all these crazy experiments in Manhattan? Four disgraced professors that, or three disgraced professors that no, have no other options to go anywhere else. Yeah, like, in Spider-Man 2, uh, Alfred Molina creates a singularity in Manhattan. Yes, he does. <laughs> I'm going to try and create fusion in Manhattan. It was it was on the harbor, so it was closer to New Jersey. They were fine. <laughs> but like, still, there were all these weird experiments that are going on in Manhattan. Yeah, I mean, like, let's uh, let's look at the Ninja Turtles, for example. Like well, they were an accident. Well, first off, like the real estate for opening like a science lab in Manhattan's got to be through the roof. Like it has to be. You could have done it in Kansas, you know, or like you could buy a house in, in Detroit for a dollar and do your experiment there. Nobody cares. There. Exactly. I mean, a Detroit, we don't care. We just want it off the books. Yeah. In fact, Alfred Molina could have created a singularity in Detroit, let it destroy buildings, and then they probably would have been like, actually, thank you. Can you do that again? Yeah, we, we needed to do this. Yeah, we've been trying to get rid of those things forever. Could you actually do this somewhere else in Detroit? I mean, this would be great. Yeah. It's actually, an accident. We didn't mean to. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> sort of like how like Peter Parker creates like biodegradable super cable that could support almost any weight and he's still poor <laughs> yeah alrighty but another thing I wanted to talk about was the Resident uh, Resident Evil 7 oh, yes. trailer did you guys see that was it the one that they just released the, the VR headset yeah it, it's gonna be yeah. on the Playstation VR which to me is just you know just three steps away from Hellraiser the VR experience. <laughs> <laughs> it made me think of Fatal, Fatal Frame whenever I saw it. Oh God! Which yeah. scared. I, I won't lie. Like I cannot play Fatal Frame. I no. I played a little bit of that, and you scared of little Chinese ghost. Yes, little ghost, little kids. Yes, <laughs> little ghost kids are the scariest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> Just walking in a building, hit that fucking laughter. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. But no, to me, it was just, it adds another dimension to the gameplay because I remember playing, you know, the original Resident Evil series and I was, I got so, you know, into it. And then as it just kept progressing, I'm just like, okay, it's not really doing anything innovative anymore. So I just kind of left it alone. But seeing Resident, you know, the new Resident Evil trailer with the VR experience, I was just like, you know, fanboy inside me going, yes! <laughs> it, it is really neat because it's going back... I can't even say it's going back to the to the Resident Evil roots because Resident Evil, yes, it started out as survival horror and then slowly we've been getting to this weird action shooter kind yeah. of thing, which 4 was great, which, understandably, although it was the first one to do that. 5 was good, it wasn't great, and then 6 was this giant mess. Mess. 
And then you've had all these side stories and everything, which have been good. And they've been like the Revelation series and whatnot. They've been Revelations was good. They've been keeping the old style with the tank yeah. controls and all that stuff. But it, I think giving you a gun in a a horror, uh, a horror um, a game defeats the purpose because you're supposed to feel helpless in some way and want to escape, running away, uh, it, 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 and and sort of feeling entrapped is their best sort of uh, thing that they can do in these things. And giving you empowerment in the form of a gun is the worst thing. Which it do. worked back in back whenever you had limited ammo and it was zombies. Yeah. But now ammo wasn't really a problem in five or six and you could just blast things away. Nothing was really there was no scares. There was no there would be parts where you got into a horde and that was scary. Not scary so much, just tense. But yeah, I mean there was no real um basically like, you know, make you like Holy shit! Yeah. Oh. And kind of think that they just saw the tr- they saw PT and then was like PT's not happening. Let's just do that. Yeah. Now, can you imagine if they did a Resident Evil game based on the first Resident Evil movie and you just have to like climb up walls and kick dogs? <laughs> oh, it's wow. just an action game then at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like you just get really out of shape and you're just like it's really frustrating. <sighs> um, Assassin's Creed Raccoon City. But if you look at like, especially if you look at if you look at um like the Silent Hill games, like a lot of the Silent Hill games, um they have like really like linear closed in environments, you know, not a lot of stuff that you can do. They really kind of want you to go on like a big track just so they can jump scare you. So like for the 3D environment, like the Resident Evil, I feel like they're going in an excellent direction. Investigate shit, get scared, you know, mm-hmm. keep playing. Um, because I feel like with with like scary games like Fatal Frame, I feel like that would be a perfect environment for 3D, you know. Because then you you don't have to do things super complicated. You can have, like, environments that look, you know, like, realistic. Um, you don't have to do, like, crazy fantasy stuff or, like... And then, you know, most of the Resident Evil games, you just play a normal person-ish, maybe. Well, up until, like, again, 4, 5, and 6, that wasn't... All the other ones, yeah, you're completely right. But 4, 5, and 6, you were this specially... Uh, which, that was true about 1 yeah. as well. Also, uh, like, actually, can we think about, like, in the first Resident Evil, right, you have this, uh, you have this virus, and you want to sell it, right, and you need to test it. You test it on your employees in your awesome, super underground facility. Like, what, can you imagine, like, that whole facility is lost now. I, there was, you're asking for logic in a Resident Evil Evil game. game. I know, but that's like, I'm just, I was looking at that underground facility, like, that hive thing, I'm like, that had to have cost, like, at least a couple hundred million dollars. And it's all down the drain now because you infected your own scientists. Well, it, yeah. It sounds like something Donald Trump would do. Yeah, like, <laughs> if, if it worked, if the virus... Resident Evil is really just the future whenever Donald Trump wins the presidency. That's the secret behind the game. We're going to find that out in this new one. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be called Resident Evil 7. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, like, let's say, like, the virus, let's say the virus worked, and it did work in the first game. How first off, how are people back at you know Umbrella Corporation going to find out? Uh, if and also, where are they going to get the samples? The only people who had them are the scientists, which are now which are, which are now monsters. Yeah, <laughs> huge plot hole. Yeah, again, that's another thing. You can just start infecting infecting people in like Detroit. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'd be like, oh, some of the criminals became uh, poor people became zombies. All right. <laughs> You know, as long as they're not bothering me, that's fine. Yeah. They'll meet the other poor people. It's all right. 
Yeah, Trump, what do we do? Build a wall around them. Like, it'd be, like... And make them pay for it. <laughs> make the zombies pay for it. <laughs> you see, we're gonna, we're gonna build a wall, and the zombies are gonna pay for it. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna turn to a political podcast by the end of this fucking episode. <laughs> uh, okay, but about the, the, the E3, I didn't get to see the uh, gameplay. You said it was different. Uh, are you... Uh, you, are you having a gun? Like, is it? You said it was more like PT. I liked the demo for PT. That I didn't see cool. any weapons in that. Actually, I didn't see any weapons in it either. No, yeah, it's very much. It's like a combination of like PT and Outlast, I guess. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I guess I guess more Outlast. More Outlast than PT, yeah. Yeah. Well, and if if I were them doing like a three D game, and it's gonna be one of the first big three D games to come out. I, I would be very, very careful about things like firearms, because those are going to require their own animations and whatnot. And their um, own controls. If you're talking VR, it's very difficult to give them something that works that doesn't just glitch out yeah. when you wiggle your hand around like that. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to be making the first of something, you want what you can do as a character to be very limited. So I, I would imagine you're either going to be like a Joe Schmo or somebody who, for whatever reason, is separated from weapons and tools that you get later. Or like Leon Kennedy's cousin twice removed like some connection some loose connection yeah leon leon kennedy's cousin leon the professional <laughs> <laughs> okay i want to play that game <laughs> i mean just john renault get come bring him in to do the motion capture he's done he's done motion capture yeah games what was your three? Oh my god probably one of the most uh that game just i just <laughs> i i want i want to be a fly on the wall in that like boardroom meeting you know they're like oh you know we gotta get some famous actors who are we gonna get that's really gonna tie into this video game kid market jean renault <laughs> perfect uh, anything else you want to go over Viet? uh not really unless you want me to talk about my spiritual stuff so go ahead hey anything you've been up to this week no dude uh, i mean i don't know if joe told everybody joe or i mean ryan met me through a meditation group so um, I'm one... completely oblivious to what you are. No, <laughs> no you. Ryan's are. just like I don't know who you are at all. <laughs> who is this strange person? You, you are completely oblivious. Only works on the week. Oh, I... well, he is completely oblivious. <laughs> but no, I mean, definitely. I mean, for the past couple of months, I've been, you know, working on planning this meditation retreat with a bunch of other people, and it's tomorrow. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm ready for it to be done. <laughs> <laughs> planning things that take like weeks take it goes. pretty much i am just you know i'm so excited that it's here but i'm also really excited that i after tomorrow i don't have <laughs> okay. to think about it anymore it's like great meditation group guys you did really excellent i don't have to see the fuck out of you out of any of you for a while <laughs> who would have thought that planning a meditation retreat would be really stressful <laughs> who would have thought right but no it's just it's uh because essentially i i've been working with you know a bunch of other people and that's been the problem it's because I have to work with other people. If they would have just left me to my own devices, I would have had this thing planned in two days. Yeah. But. I need a meditation now. Other people just get away. Yeah. Now, if movies. Pretty much, and they started making it into something that it really, you know, and I was just like, we, no, 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 no. A bunch of people trying to make it bigger than it actually is. Yeah. So. Wait, what if we add Transformers? Well, everything's better with Transformers. Now, if movies have taught me anything, as a professional meditator, you are wise. Um, you are somebody that a main character is gonna have to find later. Uh, you are you have magic powers. You're a genius, and or psychic. And, oh, and also you're a martial arts master. If you meditate, <laughs> I'm gonna say all of those things are true. 
And nobody has to be any wiser about it. Because yeah. all those things are true. Yeah, speaking of mind tricks, like, and this is going way back and it's way off topic, but in X-Men First Class, when uh, Magneto can only use his powers when he's angry, Xavier tells him, I found that I can concentrate best when my mind is halfway between rage and serenity. What? <laughs> so, normal. Yeah. yeah. Well, but now, imagine, like, Magneto, ah! Ah! Like... <laughs> ah! I, I can't concentrate if my mind's anywhere even close to rage. Like... <laughs> Really like, who does Sudoku yeah. like? Screaming? I found the nice spot to be in is one between one extreme and the other. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's like you know Xavier just read that off of a motiva- motivational poster. Like it's not. <laughs> yeah. What does my fortune cookie say today? <laughs> ah, yes, we will use that. <laughs> also, you're going to take my advice because you don't have a choice. I'm psychic. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't, I'll squash you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Magneto's like, oh, wow, your advice really helped, Xavier. Well, of course it did. You had no choice. <laughs> All right. Well, actually, speaking of which, then, Alex, anything that you want to talk about specifically? Um, this actually doesn't have to do with EA. This actually has to do going back to PAX East, which actually I had a chance to go to. Um, Ryan and I have been playing a uh, really awesome video game called Ultimate Chicken Horse that's in beta right now. Yes. <laughs> And, I, I saw a little bit of Ryan playing that before. Yeah, in Ultimate Chicken Horse is dope. You play, like, one of four animals. You know, you've got, like, a horse, a sheep, uh, like, um, there are two other animals. Who cares? But you... A chi- one, I would assume one, one of is a chicken. chicken. Yeah, yeah, chicken. Um, no, that that's later. That's DLC. That's day one. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, but it's like... by Ubisoft? <laughs> and, uh... The chicken. What else? Like you know, you have to like you know download a set of udders. What? <laughs> but the game, it's like you. Um, everybody grabs random objects and you create the stage like with a start and finish point, and you have to try and get to the finish line while killing as many of the other people as possible. So things like bales of hay, you can jump on. You can put in like a crossbow that just fires arrows over and over again forever. You can put buzz saws, honey, um, like. Tons of terrible things, like, and you can create. Well, that'll definitely trap Winnie the Pooh. I'll tell you that. But... Yeah. Well, it, it's sticky, and as you try to jump off of it, it it's you sort of fall into the death trap that's right next to you. But your character can't actually do anything violent, like you. And it would have been great. I would have loved to have shoved people into traps many a time over, but uh, it, it's actually just navigating this, too. navigating this obstacle course, which uh, this this g- veritable gauntlet that you set up for yourselves, because you all like get traps or, like, things that you can jump on to get you to the start, to the finish line. And, uh, inevitably it just turns into a game of, uh, well, we made it too hard. How can we make it possible, but still make the other three people fuck up? Okay, so it's, it's basically like a game you're trying to just make it just tough enough where you know how to get through it. Yeah. And you can play either the regular game, which you grab things randomly, and, you know, whoever grabs it first, like, with the little mouse cursor can get the item so everybody jumps for, like, there are portals. You can launch yourself through portals and, like, launch other people through portals. The black hole has gravity, so if you try to jump over it, the gravity, like, sucks you in. Yeah. Um, and it's super fun. It's, like, and I've never enjoyed watching everybody die so much. <laughs> um, or, and you can do what's called, like, and it's it's basically just level design. They've turned level design into a video game. And then... Yeah. You create these awesome murder spheres that just everybody, <laughs> nobody eventually can get through because you just make it so impossible. 
and I found the eventually the game starts giving you bombs to blow up your shit with because it goes, all right, you've made it way too hard. Here <laughs> yeah, because if nobody wins, nobody gets points. But Just if the bombs on open air. <laughs> <laughs> but I found the best way to win is to sort of sneakily put like a back door in that nobody like. All right, hopefully no one will notice this portal, and I won't say anything about it. Won't make it very obvious. People will jump over it, miss it, and I'll be like, yes. Onwards to victory. But From the bottom of the bottomless pit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can do that. That's Alex's favorite thing to do with portals. And then I put the, the second portal through a place that everybody has to jump through. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and there are these floating platforms that um, you jump on, and they have a propeller underneath that can kill people. Uh, but you jump on the platform as it goes up and down, and you can use it to jump across objects. And I found out early on that you can flip that upside down so there's nothing to jump on, and it's just <laughs> propeller that goes up and down. <laughs> That's his favorite things to, to, to do with those. Every time I play with him, I try to get it before he does. <laughs> and then if, if Ryan puts honey on one of those platforms and then puts a spinning buzzsaw on it, it will stick to the honey and then be going up and down on the propeller platform. <laughs> So just mayhem over mayhem no, over mayhem. Yeah. By the end of it, we both look at each other and go, what have we done? I don't know, but I can get to the finish line first. You're a dick. You're a clever dick. You're a dick. Yeah, and what's great is, like, if like crossbows, and then there's a thing that launches flaming tennis balls. Um, so, like, eventually you just go, people just go crazy with the with the crossbows, and their arrows just flying all over the screen. Um and then everybody will die, and then someone like me or Ryan or somebody else will just happen to jump through the arrows at just the right time to make it to the finish line, and then everybody just gets furious. No, but, you suck! Yeah, but in like a well done, like you earned that sort of thing. Yeah. It's uh, great. Yeah, it's a super... Uh, couch player co-op? Oh, yeah, it's couch player co-op. So like, um, uh, like when my wife and I are traveling, we usually only have one laptop, but all we need are two wireless Xbox controllers, and we can both play on our laptop and play online. Uh, you might need to download this. Yeah, yeah, it's like I bought it uh, for open beta packs for like ten bucks, I think. It's and um, it's super duper fun. Obviously, they still have some glitches and stuff, but in a lot of ways, they're really like like it. It's really simple. It's it's you know, and it's just a really really fun game that you can play with other people and you can do like couch player. You know, when we're talking about uh, maybe recording some gameplay. I thought that'd be a fun one for all of us to play since it has the couch co-op. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Laptop. We can play with Alex. Oh, yeah, you, we can have crazy fun time playing Ultimate Chicken Orcs and do a Let's Play. And for our listeners, just go back to that. I didn't, uh, I didn't go over this before, and that's my fault. We are going to be having some gameplay videos up. Um, later this week, hopefully, if we can get the video up, we will be having Infamous Second Son, a playthrough of that. So just a heads up for everybody. But, yeah, I'm sorry, Alex. Keep going. I just wanted to get that out there. Oh, no, no, yeah. That, that's totally fine. But, yeah, uh, Ultimate Chicken Orcs, like, I really, really enjoyed it. Again, there was uh, also actually another game that I played recently. Um, actually, let me see if I have the name of the game right. Yeah. Um, it's a nice typewriter you have. I know. That, that's me <laughs> typing. I type like a psychopath. Um, oh, yeah. There's another game I played that I got uh, I got a beta code for. It was Flame in the Flood. Um, which I've I, heard excellent things about that. It is super duper fun. And you play as like in a, a silent protagonist adventure in the middle of the apocalypse. You only have this adorable dog that wears like a little safety pack that comes and goes with you on merry adventures, and the only thing you have is a shitty raft in this like. And then you have to go through forests, you have to fight animals, set traps. Um, the the actual story game was very very quick. 
Um, but it was really interesting how, like, survival played into it, and you have to, like, you don't have infinite slots for everything, you know, so you can hit max. You can run out of, like, item slots that can screw you up. Um, and it's, like, a fun little survivor game. It's obviously, you can tell the studio is, like, very limited with what they could do, you know. It's got some glitches and stuff like that. But overall, it's an incredibly fun game. Um, and it was I would recommend it. It's not quite as fun as uh, Ultimate Chicken Horse, because it's, like, single player and shit like that. Uh, but it's still, like, a super fun game, and I, I was glad I was able to, like, you know, just, like, stumble upon it. What it looked like from from me whenever I did see some gameplay of that, it looked kind of like a weird cross between, like, the, not not Bastion, the other the other game, Transistor, that's it. It looked like Transistor meets Legend of Zelda, kind of. Yeah, the only thing that I didn't like is, like, the art, actually, I thought was super cool, except the main character's face is, uh, well, it looks like Baghdad. Um, it looks like Baghdad. <laughs> it looks it looks like a Picasso Bad. painting, and it it actually hurt to look at her. Like usually you don't see her because it's like uh you know like three D isometric, so it's like top down. So fortunately, you never have to look at that war zone of the face, but it is uh unsettling. Um, it's like I don't know, it's like Picasso's Guernica, like in in living form. <laughs> Oof. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, but otherwise, and what's funny is, like, uh, they have, like, so few actual character models that they wanted to make, you know, because they were, like, balling on a budget and stuff as a studio. Um, and my wife is a video game artist, so it's interesting, like, seeing how, like, things play out, like, what they do with, like, textures and whatnot. Um, but, again, super fun game. Uh, very, very minimalist, but it is, like, it, it's been minimalist in a cool way. And it's very, like, interesting how they do the exploring functions, how you upgrade stuff. Um, and just, like, overall, just super fun time to play. But if you're looking for a party game that you want to play with other people, Ultimate Chicken Horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't catch it. The mechanics of this, uh, was it Flood Under Water, or Fire Flood? Flame and the Flood. Flame and the Flood. Flame and the Flood. You said Legend of Zelda-esque, like... Uh, old like, school Legend of Zelda. Like Link to the Past, um, Zelda, or... Well, yeah, there, there's no uh, set area that you start in with the story. You know, so you explore different, like, random places. Um, so it's like... Uh, you find, like, churches, forests, and each of them have different supplies that you scavenge through, you know? Caves with old men in them that give you swords? Uh, no, no. World is dangerous. Please. No, actually, what's, what's fucked up is, like, you gotta make your own knives, and uh, your own knives, and, like... And, Ooh, metallurgy. Yeah, so, like, you need, in order to make, like, a nice knife, you need, like a, a, like, a working bench. And you won't find a working bench most of the time. So, you know, you gotta work with, like, shitty flint knives, and you can only make certain things from and if you want better clothes, you have to make better clothes. Is there weapon damage? Uh, yeah, your weapons will wear the fuck out. Damn. All right. That's interesting. The only the only thing the only quibble I had with it was just that when you did upgrade your outfit, you they looked the same, you know, because they didn't want to add different like outfits. Oh. Oh. I hate it when games do that. That and cutscenes. If I change my my outfit in the overworld and it doesn't show it in the cutscene. You sir suck that as is... a game developer. <laughs> no, I gotta give him leeway on that. Do you know how difficult that that is? Yes, to do? they have to yeah. cut well, scenes for each of them. I don't care. I want it. Because <laughs> yeah, because there's a scene where like this girl's running around, right? And it's like uh, at this point, my wife had gotten um, all bearskin clothes. Her, that character should look like a pimp. It should, <laughs> she should look like a pimp. And it was it was very sad because she still looked like you know she had a bunch of stuff on that she had like Dick's Sporting Goods and it's like where's the where's the pimp coat? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know every adventurer needs a pimp coat. Yeah, well, especially if you make it out of bear fur, you know, <laughs> like pimp status unlocked. <laughs> yeah. 
That should, that should give you an achievement. <laughs> um, Wait, you pimp? What's the dog? Uh, that's my hoe, bitch. Yeah, that that's her. I believe I believe the term is bottom bitch, um, which is fitting because it's a dog. <laughs> Um, Anything else you want to be going over? Uh, what else? Um, there was a movie I saw, but it's it's exact opposite kind of movie that um, would be advertised. I want to say on like a nerdy podcast. Um, which I'm call it. Let me see, let me see if I can find it. Uh, the name of the movie. I saw it actually at a special press uh, screening uh, that was at, like in my area up in New York. Um, yeah, special press badge? No, no, no. It wasn't anything like that. They were doing like select screenings. You know, almost like they do with like Christian movies sometimes. <laughs> Um, uh, oh yeah, it was called Range 15, um, and it was by Matt Best, who's like a veteran who does like YouTube videos and stuff like that, um, and he apparently got like some money together, had like a really like successful Kickstarter, um, and, uh, it was supposed to be like, oh, this is a funny vet zombie apocalypse movie for vets, and I saw it, and it was terrible. (laughs) <laughs> i thought you were about to like give full the way you were talking that up i thought you were about to give like full praise to this film i was ready to give it like i mean like and yeah they had like they had guest appearances william shatner's in the movie uh i want to say like randy couture's in the movie um 95 of their budget yeah like and well it's funny because like uh a bunch of the people you can see they're just behind green screens so they couldn't even like get them on set so they're just like do your thing and then we'll just act off of you um, <laughs> but the the movie is so long and there's so many parts where there's like nothing happening between like the beats, you know? So it's like, you'll see a truck driving and they just zoom in on the truck from different angles. And it was like, like, I didn't like it. My wife, who is not a veteran at all, absolutely couldn't stand it. And it's like, they would have like funny parts like, ha And then they would just drive the joke into the ground because they didn't have more material. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like... I almost I would almost put it up there with like it was like Birdemic level bad. Um, and then they have like these weird like political messages where they come in and they're doing the zombie apocalypse. They're all guns and gore, and they walk in they're like, uh oh, this family didn't believe in the Second Amendment. An amendment. Uh, I'm I'm stuttering because oh, it's so frustrating. But they're like, oh, this family didn't believe in the Second Amendment, so they all killed themselves. Ha 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 ha. And then they just leave. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. And then they go and, Who was the writer for this again? Um, which I'm gonna call it. Uh, let me. I, I'm gonna look it up. Actually, maybe does it have an IMDb page? I'd be surprised if it does. <laughs> I've literally hey, never heard of this. Lots of things that there, you would think have IMDb pages have do. IMDb. Pages. Yeah, you know, what, I'm gonna link you to their IMDb page. I'm surprised that their like equivalent of an IMDb page isn't on like Facebook or something. Um, but yeah, it's got tons of like guest stars. All right, the right, it's got th- wow, three writing credits. That's three too many for this movie. I gotta say, you just uh, Alex just sent us all a picture of this. The poster looks kind of awesome. Yeah, it looks like this should be a good movie. Yeah, because like something that's always bothered me in a lot of zombie movies is they're like, where's the military? They always show the military after they fucked up. King David is in this. <laughs> yeah, Danny Trejo is in this movie. This movie should be on point. Sean Astin is the main character. This no, should not. have been a great No, no, movie. no. He got top billing, but he did, he's not the main character. Oh, okay. Uh, YouTube powerhouse star Matt Best is the main character, and he has no business being the main character. Oh, as, <laughs> as himself. Oh, yeah. No. So he put effort into this. <laughs> yeah, and it's like... Um, it's, uh, 
bothered to memorize a different name. Yeah. Like, Trejo played Zombie Trejo. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, Keith David's in this movie. Um, which I'm called, like I already said, William Shatner's in this movie. Uh, Marcus Luttrell's in this movie. Like they have, like they have tons of stars. Like this thing is like filled with people, and it should be like fun, mindless action, and it is just garbage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god, I kind of is it like the house level bad or <laughs> it's it's like Birdemic almost. Oh god. You know, <laughs> like not that that Birdemic is still falls in that category but, though. So bad it's good. Well, yeah, but Birdemic is like it wasn't trying to be a comedy, and it's funny because it's <laughs> you know because it didn't intend to be a comedy. This movie tries to be funny and is not funny. And there's nothing so, there's nothing worse than like a comedy movie where the jokes don't hit their mark. So there's no redeeming value in this one whatsoever. It has like some pieces, you know, sort of like how you find like whole pieces of corn and shit. <laughs> you know and it's like but then it's like right as it's about to make you laugh like huh, huh, yeah it just completely zips on and then like it doesn't try to even bring in like a non-veteran audience you know so it's like people who aren't into any of that stuff it's just not it, it, there there isn't much there for it um and, and I'm, i can't i can't emphasize how bad this movie is Ugh. Which is because it's something that I'd like to, for it to be successful because it was like you know four veterans, five veterans, and stuff like that. But it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> and people like like actually, I can't believe I'm saying that Sean Astin was wasted in this movie. He's only in it for like like a minute, maybe. I was kind of hoping you were you literally meant like he was wasted in the film, like it, it like John wrong. Leguizamo and uh, fucking <laughs> what's his name? I can't think of his name right now in uh, Mario Brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I can't uh, think of his name right now. Yeah, which actually, because you look at the cast. Bob Hoskins. Oh, yeah, Bob Hoskins. Because, yeah, you look on the cast, and the cast makes it look like this is going to be an action movie starring Sean Astin, Keith David, and Danny Trejo. That would be amazing. Yes. Like, <laughs> that would be a fucking movie, but it's not. Each of those characters appears for, like, one scene in a green screen, so they probably weren't even around anybody else. Um, and the fight scenes are terrible. You know, and it's like, and you know how, like, in a movie, like a regular movie, like a real movie, um, they will edit stuff that doesn't work, you know, they're like, oh, all right, you know, we're going to take this out, we're going to shorten this scene, you know, for, like, pacing and stuff. It's like they didn't have anything like that, and so they just put everything in the movie. Oh, Jesus. There's a scene where it's like, they're all just standing in a line, just firing weapons, and then they just stop, and that's the scene. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, anything else you want to go over for this last month? Um... No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and the video game recommendations, like, yeah, yeah, I think I pretty much covered it. Okay. Well, I guess I'll, I'll just go then. Before I get into anything, really, that I want to talk to, talk about, I had to say that um, as far as comic books go, there's a new series. Anybody that knows me knows I absolutely love Ninja Turtles. And they just recently came out with this new series called Bebop and Rocksteady Destroy Everything. <laughs> and it is so great. Um, it's a game? What? It's a game? No, no, a uh, comic book. Oh, okay, okay. So basically the premise of this is Bebop and Rocksteady end up traveling through time. Are those new Ninja Turtles that I don't know about? No, Bebop, you don't know Bebop and Rocksteady. I know not. You're, I you're going know. to have to explain it. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, Ryan wasn't there for the 1980s or 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of our shells tour. Oh, my God. 
I remember having that v- that VHS. Oh my god. God, I still want it. I never I could never that was one of the few things in Ninja Turtles that my dad I could never talk my dad into buying me. Because I absolutely I'm still obsessed as a thirty one year old adult male. I am still obsessed with the Ninja Turtles and I never owned the Coming Out of Your Shells tour. And I've seen it now that like the internet exists and everything. Never got the chances I was a kid. But now be my rock steady for those few of you that don't know, Ryan, are um, the incompetent henchmen of the Shredder. Yeah, and Krang. What? And Krang. And Krang. Well, yes, in the yes, they are end of Krang. Um, at least in the cartoon show, uh, whatever. But they are just these. Tanks, these walking moronic tanks. They're a giant boar and a rhino. Oh, I I'm did. a pig. <laughs> Which well, I'll get into the movie in a bit. <laughs> but basically, the premise of this is just these two tank-like morons traveling through time and just wrecking the shit out of everything. They're on issue three right now, as of the recording. I haven't gotten to pick up issue three yet. The first two issues, though are great. They've they've gone back into like Jurassic period time and are fighting with while riding dinosaurs. And they've also traveled to the year two thousand where they re- meet them their pre mutated selves. <laughs> and they try to get their pre mutated selves to join the Foot Clan before the Foot Clan actually is a thing. <laughs> and okay. it's so great. Um, Wait, so it's in Ninja Turtles comics about two henchmen? It's a spinoff of the comics. Okay. Yes, it's a side story that takes place. Which, so far, this this whole run, the IDW run of the Ninja Turtles, has been amazing. It um, has been really good. It really, it's it's probably my favorite incarnation of the Ninja Turtles, and that's saying a lot considering we have what six different movies and three different cartoon shows. Yep. And I'm not counting that fucking live action cartoon or TV show that happened because that was awful. <laughs> the next mutation. Oh, no franchise has sold out harder than the Ninja Turtles franchise. That is very true. Which Eastman and Laird, the, guy, the guys that created it, they will fully say that. Yeah. And it that whole it made the millionaires. Yeah. It did. They are still rich and famous off of this one stupid idea they had. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, if, I mean, how are you going to, what do you, you can't say no to that. You know, they're like, hey, we want to take your, your indie underground comic book and we want to give you millions of dollars so we can make them go on tour and play instruments. Yeah. Okay. Cha-ching. Yeah. Like, that's not even a response to give. Yeah. If the, you know what? If I had, like, some awesome intellectual property, I'd sell it to M. Night Shyamalan if you, if you paid me enough. Like, <laughs> Oh God, no! That's our last airbender. Oh my God, no! Oh, I knew let's, it was not do that. Let's, yeah. let's not talk. Let's not. I don't know what that. you're talking about because that does not exist. It didn't happen. That never happened. Just never like happened. Boondock Saints two never happened. Didn't happen. I don't, it, there's a sequel to that? Nope. No, there's not. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I thought I was crazy. But so since we're on the topic, I mean, I do want to talk about because I did the last airbender. No. <laughs> We will not start Stop that. talking about fictional movies. <laughs> Just like the 2014 Ninja Turtles. Never Didn't happened. Happen. However, for some reason, they made this sequel to this movie that apparently was never made that is somehow amazing. <laughs> Wait, which movie, are, what? Which, which movie are we louding at this point? 
Well, now I'm talking about the new the sequel uh, Ninja Turtle movie. Oh, the that one that flopped. It was great. Aww. Did, did anybody else here see it but me? Nope. I plan to see it this weekend, yeah. Ninja Turtles 2, something, Shadows. Out, Out of the, the Shadows. shadows. Yeah. Something. Uh, most of us here didn't see it, and most of the American viewing audience didn't see it. See it. That is true. <laughs> it did not have a very good opening week. They were too busy getting that Conjuring 2 going. <laughs> Which is an excellent movie! Yes. I've heard really good things about that. I, I do kind of, I do want to see that, but of course last weekend I had to go see Ninja Turtles just because it's Ninja Turtles and it's me. And I was actually thoroughly impressed. The the last movie had this incoherent plot that made no sense whatsoever and just it tried to do good action, which it had some good action scenes, but didn't make any sense whatsoever in the film. But they made up for it with Megan Fox. No, no, they did not. How do you learn ninjutsu from a book that you just find oh in the freaking sewer? No, how do, how do they know how to read? I will go on an hours-long rant if you get me into that fucking movie, which is not going to be for this podcast. Okay. It seemed like a good movie. I don't know what you I want. will murder you, Ryan. <laughs> I, I believe I believe in the first movie, the ooze passed over uh, a, a ninjutsu book and uh, <laughs> like an English uh, Rosetta Stone, right? So they could learn the <laughs> English. Okay, I do want to touch. I do want to touch into one thing. About that movie, then, because talking about how, just how they know English, why why is Splinter obsessed with Japanese culture? He's basically become like Steven Seagal. He's a weeboo. Exactly. Exactly. That is exactly it. Like, he has no connections to Japanese. Actually, culture now whatsoever. that now that I think about it, the entire Ninja Turtles universe makes so much more sense if you think that Splinter is a giant Steven Seagal fan. So his only access to Asian culture is filtered through Steven Seagal. Oh, God. Yes, it does. And I, I hate you for pointing that out. <laughs> like, actually, have you, by the way, has anybody here seen, like, the YouTube video of Steven Seagal running? Oh, God. <laughs> I have not seen this. <laughs> Apparently via ass. Uh, he's, like, asphyxiating himself through laughter. <laughs> the moment... <laughs> Get ready. Here it comes. I'm sending it to you, like, right now. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. You guys need to watch it. Okay. No. All right. We're going to watch this thing on this podcast, then. It's a 40... Yeah, it's a 49 second. And while you guys are watching that, like, um, it's it's actually kind of interesting because I believe the last Ninja what Turtles... What the hell is he doing? Yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> what is this arm movement he's doing? <laughs> I, I believe it's a it's a type of flail to get the mate's attention and let him know that he is willing to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his arm is ragdolling. They, just, they did not finish the physics the physics engine. No, he just has novocaine in both arms. All right, I think we've seen enough of that. <laughs> oh, meditation, silent meditation. Yeah. Um. But the the last Ninja Turtles movie made I want to say like just under half a billion dollars. Like it was like four hundred ninety million dollar. You know. Oh, that's so sad because it was a good movie. Well, no, no, I'm saying the last one. Like, and it, oh. and, and that was like it made one hundred ninety. You said the last one. No, was I meant the last one that came out. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about the 2014 one. But it like so it made one hundred ninety million dollars domestically on a budget of one hundred twenty five million. That was definitely a success. Like oh, a hundred. I thought you said twenty five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, then, but for this current one, out of the shadows, it's domestic. Like I, I want to say, it only made like twenty million dollars opening weekend. Oh, 
god. No, I, I did look at that. It was like twenty five million opening weekend. Oh, no, 35. 30, June 35. 35 till, okay. Which is yeah. still way, way, way under. Way yeah, that, that's half of what the last movie made. And then you know, you're... because it didn't come close to even getting. I will murder you, Ryan. I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> Fucking A. Yeah, and then, and then the problem with, especially with comic book movies, is that between your first and second weekend, you're going to see at least a 50% drop. Because any comic book movie yep. financially is going to. And it's going to be the same with Lord of the Rings, actually. It's going to be even worse, though, for Lord of the Rings. Oh, God. Or not it, for Lord it, of the Rings. It doesn't deserve it. It really doesn't. This film was basically because the last one had so many mistakes and they tried to do all this new stuff, which it's good if a movie does new stuff if you know it's actually good. This one was basically taking they went, okay, fuck that. They got rid of the, the writer and the director for that film. They made this whole new one, which is basically, hey, did you like the 87 Ninja Turtle cartoon? Let's just do an epi- a two hour episode of that. And it was perfect because of that. They didn't try and make it serious. They didn't try and do all this, like, in-shadow stuff. And the plot oddly made more sense than the 2014 one. It was still stupid and it was not coherent. And the characters were dumb. But I absolutely loved it. And, they like, the opening scene with the Ninja Turtles... Well, the opening scene is them, like, running across buildings and everything. But the first action scene that you see is them with... They're the new version of the party wagon, which is this giant dump truck, which is basically it's made to sell toys. And again, as a 31 year old adult male, I want that fucking toy because it is awesome. <laughs> it's it's so you're saying it's it's the kind of movie. Yes, yes, it had well, the it was covers. Yeah. They basically made the pizza shooter with nunchuck arms on it. Pretty much. Oh my god, it's awesome. <laughs> so you're, you're saying that it's the kind of movie that as a millennial, if you had kids, uh, you could take your kids to them and enjoy yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and without kids. And, and your kid, because you know, you're know you divorced and then you only see him like every now and again. He's like, Daddy, I haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen the previous movie. And then you tell him, you're like, shut the hell up, I'm watching this movie. <laughs> it's for me. Shut up, you will enjoy this. Don't tell your mom. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, it was it was really much it was really fun and I'm really sad that they actually started going the right direction now and it bombed. I am incredibly sad because the last movie, like you said, made a lot of money and it shouldn't have. And this one should have made money and didn't. What? Dude, oh, this was directed by the guy who did Earth to Echo. Yes, yes, it was. I can't remember his name right now. What was his name? Uh, which call it? I want to say uh, Dave Green or let me. Yes, ask. David Green. Yeah, Dave Green. Wow. Which actually, since we're on the topic of uh, uh, movies, then did anybody go see Warcraft? Uh, I saw it. What do you think? Because I, I, well, I, I just it it bombed too, and uh, that surprises me. Correction, it bombed in America. This might be actually internationally. It okay, did, yeah, that's it true. It did wonderfully. And now the problem with internationally is that like domestically, you're going to get way more back uh, producing a movie, regardless of where it was made, than you would in any other country. Uh, especially China. China is no is infamous for taking huge swaths of the box office profits, which is why some studios, depending on like what deals you make, can make as little as like a fourth of the actual total revenue because the Chinese government will take the rest, the other seventy five percent. Now, Legendary, the studio that made Warcraft, is owned by a Chinese company, so we're not sure how much of the Chinese market that we're, they're going to get. Um, but if they decide to greenlight a sequel. This could be one of the few movies that flopped in America and did well internationally and earned its sequel. Like, that option is still there, but it made so little domestically, there's the worry that if even if it, another one did get greenlit, they would slash the budget because, you know, they're worried about returns and they want to maximize profits. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really long. 
and I'm not a huge Warcraft fan. And I've actually, I, I didn't like the Warcraft movie for a lot of the reasons that I didn't like the Range 15 movie, where I felt like in a lot of ways it was really only talking to its core audience, you know? Like, I felt like this movie was really there for, like, the Warcraft fans. Um, and because... Well, you it, would think there was enough Warcraft fans where it would have made its money back. And I hear enough good things about the lore. Like, it's a really good story. You should get into it, man. Yeah, I don't have time to suck away <laughs> years of my life. But but no, like, I, it, you would think they could take a, a really good story and convert it to, like, on screen. I, I mean, but again, this Which is only hearsay. Batman suit v. Superman made a shit ton of money on name alone, because mm. we know that wasn't good. Mm. <laughs> We're not going to get into the discussion of Batman v Superman, but uh, again, why did you say it? <laughs> but yeah, the movie the movie took uh, it at least it felt like four hours to build up that it's bad when your eyes grow gl- green, and that uh, both factions are being played by people with green eyes, and the green stuff is bad. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I got from it. Okay. Well, the last thing I want to get into really. Is the was an E3 topic, the giant middle finger to Konami that Kojima and Norman Reedus did. Are you talking about? Are you talking about the Reedus fetus? <laughs> what? Are you talking about the Reedus fetus? Yes, yes. the Reedus fetus. I saw you post something about this. I didn't get a chance. Oh to my read god, it. it is okay. hilarious. What's it about? It's Death Stranding. So, first, do you know anything about the whole Konami Kojima? bullshit that happened Issue. i know that pt never got released for whatever reason even though it was really well received you know, yeah pt was uh, a demo basically of silent hills which was going to be the next silent hill game starring norman Reedus, and which i thought was a really weird pick but it makes sense when you really think about it it directed by hideo kojima during metal gear solid and everything there was this huge uh, dust mm. up between kojima and konami and, like, they took his name off Metal Gear Solid. It's not on the box art or anything. Every other Metal Gear game says a Hideo Kojima game. Did he contribute to it? Yeah, he was... He, he was the driving force thing. behind it. But they want all these different changes and all these different cuts, and Konami then also decided that they're not going to be making games anymore. They're going to make pachinko machines. Yep. Basically, these Japanese slot machine things. And basically just said, (laughs) fuck off, we're going to do what we want to, to Kojima, who has been their bread and butter for years. years. And I loved, I love Konami games. Like, I've been playing Konami's games since Gradius. Oh, yeah, I loved back in the day. Oh, man. And, but they just, I don't, I still don't get it. I guess it makes sense because you're spending millions and millions of dollars to make these video games, which you get it back in return, but it's still a risky investment. These Pachinko machines, it's pretty much a guaranteed investment. Like, it, they don't cost much to build, and you know you're going to make a decent profit off of them because they're just this continuous thing. They're, they're gambling machines. Yeah, and, and, and Pachinko and just gambling halls in general are super popular in Japan. Yeah, they are. Yeah, my, uh, my sister-in-law is actually teaching English in Japan right now, and they're, like, everywhere. Like, you just see, like, just like a giant gambling hall. It's like and, Las Vegas, but, like... Less hookers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, Mundo. <laughs> so, <now, laughs> so now, though, because of that, Sony. Well, Sony also gave the gave Konami a giant middle finger. Yeah, they sure did. After that, then they they hired Kojima, and now Kojima is doing this weird, like, 
psychodrama video game with Norman Reedus where he's doing this whole Arnold Schwarzenegger Jr. impression where he has a kid apparently. And the trailer for it was really weird. You'll have to see it after we're done with this and everything. Yeah. I'll show, we'll show it to you, Ryan. But it looks – it's a Hideo Kojima game, and it looks really interesting. We definitely know at the very least it's going to have a weird-ass awesome story. But why is it a middle finger? Oh, and, and because it's a Kojima vehicle, it's going to have a female character who's going to have a really stupid reason for needing to be naked. For being half-nude. Exactly. <laughs> That's a really good reason for being half-nude. <laughs> also, I think the... I believe the working title for this game is because I think Mike Judge is a writer on it, too. So I think the game is called Butthead, Beavis, and the Rita's Fetus. <laughs> what <the laughs> That's an insider source, so don't... <laughs> anyway, listening, don't tell anybody I said that. No, because cause Konami fired Kojima and yeah. kicked him off of his own game, was that, and... So he he just went, fuck you, I'm going to go over to Sony and make the game I wanted to make this whole time anyway. So is Kojima, I don't get Konami's whole thing with this, except for they just want money, which I guess from a business point that makes sense, but still, your name meant something. Your name meant something, and now it, everybody fucking hates you. Um, because, and I mean, Kojima's going to get what he wants. But, I mean, in a lot of ways, like, they're going to get what they want, too, because it's not like fan backlash is going to hurt their pachinko machines. That's true. No, it's not. <laughs> that is very true. Like, it's, it, well, and it's, it's, video game industry is incredibly, like, it's, it's really difficult. Because, you know, if you're one of those studios where you're trying to put out AAA titles, it's incredibly expensive to make. MoCap is a bitch. You know, you've got tons of people working for very little money. You're constantly trying to cut corners. All and I can understand from a business model, people, people, like them being like, you know, it's not viable anymore to make like Metal Gear video games. Because it's not like the 80s, you know, where you can have like a handful of guys just like coding, you know. And, um, um, you, know, you know, like it's, it's, it's so much more work. Like just look at all the work yeah. that goes into like the Grand Theft Auto games. And exactly. like the last Grand Theft Auto game, put in, you know, like, millions of hours of man-hour service so you can play darts. Um, <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And so I can see them being like, we're just profiting off of gambling now. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it does. It makes sense, but I... It was... But also, it, I, I, if you look into the history of Sony, this is entirely in their playbook because they are infamous for fucking over the competition and making <laughs> a huge spectacle of it. That's true. Um, like, actually, when at one of the first, I want to say one of the first Electronic Game Expos, uh, it was, like, in the 90s. And yep. I think Sega was coming out with, like, Sega CD, right? They were putting tons of money into this, and um, they were talking about, like, how awesome their machine was and the graphics and everything like that and how it's going to be super awesome. And then once they got off the stage, Sony came up, and they were, like, you know, touting the PlayStation 1, and they're like, Ours is three hundred dollars cheaper. Thank you. In all honesty, the <laughs> yeah. PlayStation One is a basically that exact thing right there. It's a Nintendo. Yeah. Because uh, those those that don't know the history of Nintendo of how the PlayStation came to be gee. was they actually had an agreement with Nintendo originally. They were going to make a disc drive for the Super, uh, the Super was it the Super Nintendo or the N sixty four? No, it was the Super it Nintendo. It was the, right. it was the Super Famicom. Super Fam. Yes, and. That never got off the ra- ground, and Nintendo decided, like, late into development, you know, fuck this, we're not going to do this thing. Yep. And Sony went, all right, fuck you, and just made the we PlayStation with everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and then, like, whatever medium is really popular to, like, play stuff in, Sony, whatever Sony machine comes out, will be able to play that. 
So yep. the PlayStation can play CDs. Like, the, the PlayStation 3 can play Blu-ray. You know, like, w- whatever is a popular medium that everybody uses, the Sony can do that. And that was actually a huge motivating factor for the PS3 because it was the cheapest Blu-ray player on the market. Oh, yeah. oh God, that's why I got one originally. Yeah. But yeah. the funniest thing about that is that Nintendo then, whenever that was coming out, they decided, all right, we are going to do the CD thing, and they sold some rights of their games to Philips, which made the Philips CDI, which was like the shittiest console ever made. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, and, and remember when um, when Microsoft unveiled like all that crazy like DLC shit they were going to do? They were going to like lock oh, down God. individual games. And this is a total... This is me putting on my tinfoil hat. I have nothing to substantiate this. But I feel like there was some conference call like that Microsoft made with Sony where Sony made it sound like they were going to be on board with that and that they were going to do it too. So that way they could like force the market. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, you should yeah. do that. That's a great and, and they're, like, idea. they're like, yeah, we can make more money. We can add, get rid of GameStop. And then like, and you know, like the people over at Sony were like, dude, I got your back, man. You know, we video game people. We got to do this. <laughs> now, not realizing that Sony actually, most of its like business strategy has been around just giving the finger to other studios. That's um, honestly very true. Very and really look into it. <laughs> I did want to go over, because we are out of time now at this point, but I did want to go over one other final thing. The, the worst part about this whole Konami Kojima thing that upsets me to no end is that every fucking like year or so, Kojima kept touting, it's like, yeah, don't worry, you Zone of the Enders fans, which I'm a huge Zone of the Enders fan, like, you're going to get Zone of the Enders 3 eventually. We're going to make that. And then he would just announce another Metal Gear game. Like, god damn it, give me my fucking Zone of the Enders 3. <laughs> and right. now that is literally impossible to happen. I mean, you think you feel bad. I still want Shenmue 3 to come out. Oh! <laughs> like, hey, there's a Kickstarter. There was a Kickstarter. Like, you don't know pain. I just want to I just want to ride forklifts and talk to people about the day my dad died. Like, <laughs> I mean, I want giant mech battles. <laughs> I I want to I want to fight a meth head at an airport in in Japan. I, I still think Kingdom Hearts fans are, are, are really tortured as well. Oh, fuck off. You are getting your third game, and you've had, no, like, we are five not. games to they, they, Well, Yeah, they keep on inventing new numbers that come in between two and three <laughs> <laughs> that will happen before, and and they still don't have a date for uh, three. I know. There it's will never year. be a date for three. Oh, um, wait, well, 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 first official off. Official date for Last Guardian. Official date was named for Last Guardian. Wait, the Owls of Gahul? No. <laughs> God damn it, Alex. <laughs> also, no, not that also, Zack Snyder CGI. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure like the name for the next Kingdom Hearts game should be obvious. Kingdom Hearts 3 Heartbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> like, if that's not their title, then they fail. They fail at everything. Back it up. All right. All right. Well, everybody, uh, that is our show for this week, or for this month. Uh, we're going to try and do this about once a month. I thought it was once a week. Well, we can talk about that. <laughs> I- I'm thinking right now we should keep it at once a month, but we'll-, we'll decide. We might be back next week with another show. No, we-, we have to do this like a musician. We do it once every two years, and then we just go on tour <laughs> talking about our previous. Or just go the Axl Rose route and promise one every few months and not do it for years. <laughs> yeah, we-, we release the podcast like 10 minutes at a time. Online, charge it nine ninety nine per recording. I swear it's coming. You know, just, just be patient. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to our dumbasses. Hey. We are astronauts anonymous. Uh, my name is Joe. Ryan. Viet. Alex. And y'all have a good night.
Quedo. 